Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Namaste, you crazy folks. It's Dale Lippin in here, none other than Trey Van Buskirk. How we doing, buddy? Oh, the weather outside is weather. Dale, I don't take you as a pumpkin spice latte man, mm-hmm. but during this time of the year, are you indulging? I don't do pumpkin spice lattes, but I do like pumpkin pie. That's fair. That's fair. I like pumpkin pie. I also, also... um when available, the little Debbie pumpkin delight cookies. Oh, ooh, you little you little midnight sneaker. Is that what yeah. you are? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big little Debbie guy, <laughs> but as you know, my brother was in town a few weeks ago. He's a big snack guy, right? Like he comes down and goes grocery shopping and he bought a bunch of snacks. Um, and he bought two boxes of those little Debbie pumpkin delights. And I gotta tell you. I've I've replenished the stock since he's left. Those things are good. No, it's it, it is the season. Um, I was just talking with producer Jake, and he's a he's a little caramel macchiato son of a bitch. He yeah. is. He 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 loves them. Some of that sweet caramel spread. Um, but you know, it is the season. Um, we've you know, right now we are recording in the middle of the wild card game between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. And you know, you see it back in Fenway. I know you don't care, but I see a big Sam Adams sign, and your boy wants some fall Oktoberfest beer. Here's a hot take I don't like Sam Adams beer. Um, well, <laughs> you talk shit about Yingling all last year. I'm pretty sure uh, Sam Adams is the oldest brewery in the United States. Even if that's the case, um, I don't like Sam Adams because they're political ideations. Oh. So they get they, they get they get no support from me. Oh, okay. So I'm confused though. They're so American. Uh, well, they're they're a part of they're, 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 there's some <laughs> there's some Take part of it that's American. No, Take I will not. Um, no, I don't. I don't particularly don't particularly care for their company. Uh, the beer is decent at best. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. I'm not. I, it's it's beer. If it's cold and it's free, I'll drink it. But I'm not going to the bar and ordering a Sam Samuel Adams. All right. Well, pour one out for Sam Adams. 
There you go. Get one. Get one. Let me ask you this. I had something I was going to bring to your attention before we got too far into the episode, and you kind of got me off topic here, and I'm not sure if I can remember exactly what it was that I was mm. going to mention to you. Oh, yes. And now I remember. Where were you all weekend last weekend? Mm, mm, yes. Um, your boy, um, I, I, I told you with ample time, I was officiating a wedding, good sir. Yeah, but that's one day. I didn't hear from you all weekend. You're telling me your hangovers don't last more than a day. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't had a hangover in years. What type of superhuman being are you? I just know when my limit is and I, I shut it down. That's great. You have control. I also, <laughs> when the song September from Earth, Wind & Fire comes on, you tell me not to rip a shot and dance like an absolute crazy man. I mean, where's where's the ceiling? You know, Honestly, it's that, that, that word you just said, shot. I just don't do that stuff anymore. I can have a cocktail, I can have a beer, I can have a beer and a cocktail. But the moment you just start drinking straight liquor, that's when mistakes happen. That's when you regret the night. I don't want to do that anymore. I, In my advanced age, right? Like, keep in mind, if we take back the clock 150 years, I'm the village elder at this point, right? Mm. I'm, I'm ancient Yeah. Uh, if we go back 100 years. I'm, I'm on my deathbed. So mm. here we are, d- due to modern medicine, um, I'm not that way anymore. You know, I've got some, some mileage left on me, Lord willing. Um, I don't want to waste three days of it um, hungover. And the other thing is, is that small children, children of all ages really don't care and don't understand hangovers, or at least they shouldn't. Um, So me being non-functioning the next day is not an option, buddy. I I just can't do it. I can't do it. I don't, I don't have that luxury, if you will. Well, yeah. I mean, I was sober the entire day because I had a big duty ahead of me. I had to marry two two uh, gorgeous people, sent them on their way and had to play a little bit of catch up. Yeah. Indulged in some shots. The groom came up, said, what's up? It was on. Um, but yeah, wasn't feeling very good over the weekend. I uh, skipped out on a majority of the fights, obviously played them back, got a good sense of what was going on. Kind of felt like on Saturday morning, what Kevin Holland felt like probably on Sunday morning yeah. after taking that you know, clash of heads to the dome. That's kind of what I felt like. Absolutely. So we've got a card that we're going to break down coming up. This will probably be a fairly faster episode, but before we do that, we have some ad reads that we, that we got to knock out. Would you mind knocking out both of these so I can go tell my one kid to go to bed? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So I'm a total fraud guys. Um, I say that because you heard that crack and you thought that was a beer. It was not, it was actually buble sparkling water you know the guy uh, michael buble freaking voice of our generation yeah he came out with a sparkling water that is caffeinated now dale's probably you know he's away right now so he's probably like there goes trey talking about products that we are not sponsored by the only reason i'm bringing that up is because your boy's trying to get in shape dude he's trying to get in shape uh his coach is competing in uh jiu-jitsu worlds in november so i'm in camp with him i'm trying to slim down the best way for you to slim down, treat your body right. Actually, it's not really slimming down. You're putting on your winter coat is the best meat on the planet. Guys, we all talk, we talk about it every single episode. All you got to do is utilize our code FIST, and that is going to get you 10% off at stayclassymeats.com. Go to stayclassymeats.com, type in that code FIST, it's going to get you 10% off. I'm also repping because we rep our boys. We also rep the best garments on the planet. An Allegiance Clothing shirt here. This is the Taylor Tombstone Johnson version three shirt that he fought in his most recent Bellator matchup. 
I'm wearing it because one, the design's super sick. Kind of reminds me of Halloween a little bit. I'm getting in the spirit, but also just because of the fabric, this butter blend just suits my body, makes me feel really good, makes me feel good about myself. And I feel like an absolute savage. You can go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code punch, and you're going to get 15% off site-wide. So yeah, guys, rock and solo for the minute. Obviously we have a I don't want to say stacked card because it's completely opposite of that. So I'm going to say it's a thin card. We are going to rip through this card. Um, there are some matchups that are set up tonight that Dale and I were like, dude, this is juicier than a tomb, like a tombstone steak. This is insane. Edward, thanks for joining the live stream. Don't usually catch the live, but love the show. Absolutely. The great thing about our show, as you're aware, is uh, we don't edit shit everything's live. Whatever I say goes, whatever Dale says, go. And you get the audio version the next day. Um, we don't show prep. Everything comes from what Dale said as the noodle. And when we used our noodle today, we found some juicy lines that we are going to absolutely take advantage of. Dale. I'm back. Sorry. Juicy value ahead of us. Absolutely. Very excited to For get sure. this card. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so here's, here's the thing about this card, right? Is like, uh, we're just shooting this one out into the universe, right? Usually with cards like this, admittedly, um, listenership, viewership numbers are not great. It's just one of those things where it's a it's a it's a hard scrabble card. They throw things together, they try to make something stick. The Loopy Gonzalez Sam Hughes fight just got pulled. I don't know if you saw that or not. They literally oh, pulled it an that hour. That was an ago. easy pick, dude. Right. So Sam Hughes, uh, coach tested positive for COVID allegedly, whatever. Um, you know why? Why? Cause they had fought two times before that. And guess who came out the victor? Who's that? Loopy twice. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two and oh against Sam Hughes. All right. Well, one was a split, split draw, but she won right. that fight. So before we get into these real quick, I just want to, I, I want to ask your opinion on something. You said you watched it back. You mentioned Kevin Hall and you mentioned Kyle Dawkins. Obviously, they just announced that that fight's going to get run back in November. I didn't need to see it again. I feel like I know exactly the way that thing's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dawkins somewhere in the minus 200 range mm. uh, go, moving forward. Without spending a ton of time on this, because every media outlet on the planet, wannabe MMA journo like ourselves, has talked about this ad nauseum. What did you think of the call? Was it a no contest? What your your thoughts? Give me give me a quick little soundbite here. I I really don't have much to say about the actual fight. You know, I I thought Dawkins did exactly what he needed to do, and hence why he'll be at a at a minus two hundred the next go around. The biggest concern I had, the biggest question I wanted to pose towards you is when did Herb Dean become the alpha, all knowing being in the referee scene to which he can dictate what an in octagon referee can and cannot choose to do i don't believe that mergulata uh truly wanted to do a no contest i think he wanted to let it ride i think the ultimate decision was correct but i don't think that i think it should be the referee in the octagon that has the ultimate say and herb dean is now the alpha dude i guess well i i, I don't to be honest with you and here's where things get a little fuzzy right if you watch football, basketball, any other major sports promotion, right? There there are leveling or there are levels to the officiants, right? Now yeah. in a fight, there's the officiant that's in the ring or in the cage in this instance. And I don't know if it if if it's an end-all be-all with that person there, right? Like if you watch a football game, there's line judges, there's all kinds of stuff going on. 
And all of those officials report to one Uber official, if you will. I don't know the actual technical term here. I'm, I'm, I, so that there there might be something that's like that. But Herb Dean as a whole um, has been viewed for a while as, as the gold standard in MMA officiating. I don't agree with that assessment. I think that people need to start real, having very realistic conversations about his, Jason Herzog being the best. His, uh, maybe so. I, I just, with each and every weekend that passes, I believe that Herb Dean looks a little bit worse and worse. Um, mm-hmm. He's incredibly inconsistent. People love him when he gets it right, but I feel like he's getting it wrong more than he's getting it right lately. All that to say this, I'm okay with the no contest to an extent. I thought Mergliotta's instincts were correct when he jumped mm-hmm. in. Um, Did you watch any of the Contender Series tonight? No. In the contender series tonight, there was a head clash and mm. Chris Tyone was the ref. And you know I hate oh, Chris Tyone. God. I can't stand him. Anyway, there was a head clash. Orthodox Southpaw. Guy got rocked. Took like it, it rocked him. Tyone stepped in, broke it up, and pushed both of them to neutral corners and let them like recover. Like, are you okay? Are you 100 percent Do you want to fight still? Are you okay? Are you 100 percent Do you want to fight still? And when both men cleared the cobwebs and said yes. He let them continue. Hmm. Um, now we have the benefit of hindsight because of the Dawkins Holland thing that just happened. So now that we see that that might be an appropriate way to handle it, I think Mergliotta's instincts were correct. But to his defense, Holland appeared to recover rather quickly. And the fight hmm. went on for another 90 plus seconds with Holland doing a pretty decent job of defending himself. You might even say doing a better job of defending himself than Marab was doing when Marlon Marais was beating him up or the end of the third round when Alexander um, uh, Volkanovsky was beating up Ortega. I think that Holland was doing as equal of a job defending himself as both of those men and they let it continue. Um, and if that fight, had, either of those fights been stopped then, nobody would have been upset by it. Of course, there wasn't a head clash leading to that. I understand the nuance there. All I'm saying is the level of defense was the same. So you either stop it closer to the headbutt or you got to live with the decision that you let it play out. I, 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 and even then, they're letting it play out. I don't need to see them fight again. I I see. I saw the fight and I go, Dawkus wins this fight. I don't need to see that again. They should treat yeah. Dawkus as if he won, rebook Kevin Holland against somebody else, um, and just keep it moving, man. Yeah, well, it's a bummer for him. Doesn't doesn't get the the win bonus and doesn't mm-hmm. get a change in the rankings. So, yeah. bummer for Kyle. But hey, another opportunity for Hall to keep working on that wrestling, which did look exponentially better. All things considered, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, first fight on the main card here as we kick things off on Saturday: UFC Vegas thirty nine. Oh boy, Dern versus Rodriguez. At what point do we just stop numbering these? Do we have to keep numbering them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, unless you want to like start calling him cool things like Megatron. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm looking at Phil Hawes. Isn't that his nickname? Megatron? I believe so. Yeah. I just, I I miss the days when they used to name the events where we'd be like UFC 190 or UFC 68 Vengeance. Yeah. 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 So, dude, (laughs) I love that, man. (laughs) (laughs) UFC (laughs) UFC 71 all out. <laughs> Dude, so sick. <laughs> and it was always like 80s catchphrases. It was like, yeah, yeah UFC 17, Slayer. <laughs> yeah, Absolute. 
or anarchy, whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. it was great, man. All right. Phil Haas at 11 and 2, taking on Duran Wynn. 7 and 2. Duran Wynn, keep in mind, is 5'6. That's not his fight record. That's his height. Taking on Phil Haas, that is six foot. Phil Haas at a minus 310. Duran Wynn plus 260. Over on rounds here is at two and a half. The line's a bit disrespectful here. I believe this will be more competitive mm-hmm. um, than the odds makers have it. However, does that count when the outcome is still the same, right? Is it if it's more competitive and Phil Hawes wins, do I really care that he was a minus three ten against Duran Win here at plus two sixty Trey? Well, I think the big discrepancy here is cardio. Uh mm. Duran Win is a good wrestler. Um mm-hmm. He has decent output. The problem he has is never closing the distance because he is such a small little cannonball. Mm-hmm. Phil Hawes, people can say, you know, when he moved to Sanford MMA, his cardio got way better, and we've seen that. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll go back to the point that it got me in a lot of trouble with Phil Hawes when I talked a lot of shit. When he fought Nazardine Imavov, he gassed so hard in that third round that if that were a five-fight round, Imavov wins that handily. Imavov, if that went a minute more in that third round, he wins that fight. Phil Hawes... <laughs> is a guy that's got decent wrestling. He's got good output, uh, but he gasses. So yes, I think this line's disrespectful. I do think Phil Hawes is going to hold the power in his hands. Duran Wynn's not going to knock Phil Hawes out, but mm. can he out volume, out cardio him, and maybe pick up the later rounds in two and and fully three? Maybe I don't know. I people were talking about this fight being an inside the distance violence, whatever. I don't see that. I see him playing the over two and a half. Um, and I just see who who stands up longer. So if, if, I'm, if I'm catching your assessment correctly, the longer the fight goes on, the more you like win? I do. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I, I, I can, My concern with the Ron win is, I mean, we haven't seen him get knocked out before, right? So we've seen him choked out, um, and we've seen him lose decisions, one of which was a split decision. But outside of that, we, we haven't really – seen him in a lot of trouble you know we haven't seen enough of him um but i feel like i have seen enough to get a decent feel for him and i feel like if phil hawes can touch him early enough and get some respect yeah. uh, i think he can get it done my, my assessment of this fight would be this if you think phil hawes is going to win this fight bet under two and a half if you think that deron win is going to bet uh, is going to win this fight bet over two and a half because Duran Wynn, I don't believe, like you said, is going to knock out Phil Hawes. Unless it's some sort of exhaustive accumulation of punch-style knockout. But again, the losses that we've seen Phil Hawes take, that brutal missile of a head kick from Julian Marquez, and he was choked out by, um, what's his face, Lewis Taylor. Put, huh? Mearshart. No, no you're, talk- you're thinking Duran Wynn. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about, about Phil Haas. Haas. Phil oh. Haas got kicked to sleep by Julian Marquez, and then um, Louise Taylor choked him out. Hmm. That's it. So both yeah. of these guys, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, the writing is on the wall here. I, two and a half obviously is a long time, but I'm leaning more the over in this fight than anything else. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. I just can't touch Phil Haas at a minus 310. I, I just can't do it, man. No, no. Jerron is – He's so he's durable though. I mean, even on that Mearshart fight, and I don't think Gerald has the greatest striking at all. If you watch that, yes, Mearshart ended up getting the submission, but he was piecing Drawn Win up, and Drawn was just eating it. Right, but I don't necessarily think that Duran's a dog that's going to fight for my money. I think if he, I think he just keeps everything in like second gear. I just don't know. I don't. I, I don't see him 
taking the initiative to take it to the next level to get a finish if he has a guy hurt. Yeah, he's he's pretty boring. Yes, I would agree. That's a great assessment. Boring. You're yeah, bored to run. All right. Simple terms. All right. Sabina Mazo nine and two taking on Maria Agapova. Agapova at nine and two. Mazo at nine and two. Plus one fifty here for Agapova. Minus one seventy seven. Minus one seventy for Sabina Mazo. Over on rounds at two and a half. Do we go under here? Because you know Agapova likes to fight as if she is literally on fire and trying right. to find water. Yeah, but when God, we just had a full conversation about cardio and talk about a bad none. cardio tank. She is not Agapova. What one of the biggest freaking discrepancies in lines of all time when she fought Shayna Dobson and what happens? Comes yeah. out like a bat out of hell, gases, sucking wind, ends yeah. up losing at a minus what thirteen hundred or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dobson was a plus eight eighty. Plus eight eighty. Insane. Yeah. I like, I like, especially in women's fights though, I like chicks that bite down on their mouthpiece and just go aggressive. And if right. they have some semblance of technique in it there, which she does from more of a kickboxing style, I love it. Spino Mazu is the opposite of that. She is a volume striker. She is a touch butt striker. She is a work from distance, get points. It's the Ch- Caitlin Chukagian case study that we always talk about. She is banking on a decision win based on volume and points taken. I love Agapova here because while I think she's aggressive, she has some submissions to her name. So God forbid things get ugly and someone slips on a banana peel and goes to the ground. She has a rear naked choke over Hannah Cyphers. She's got some submissions to her game. Savino Mazo doesn't know what to do on her back. She's a flipped over turtle. Um, and if you go back to her early days, um, she's she's got a lot of like arm triangles and uh, freaking arm bars, all that stuff. I'm not only taking Agapova, but I'm taking her by sub, dude. I can't do it. I can't do, do it. it. I can't take Agapova. Did you read any of the stuff that um, that came out this summer, what Marina Morose was saying about Agapova? No. About how she's a junkie and everything else? That's cool. Drugs are expensive. Yeah, well, she she should fight more often because she can't have enough money for him. So she got kicked out of ATT. You know she's not at ATT anymore. Okay. I'm just going to say, I don't know if I'm going to change your play here or not. All right. Let me, let me, let me no, paraphrase some things that Marina Morose said back in July. Right. Ooh, okay. Okay. Juicy. Love yeah, it. for sure. Let's get into it, man. Uh, yeah. All yeah. right. She she was always going out. She wanted to go out all the time, and she started to get mad and freak out at everyone. Some kind of jealousy. She started threatening the guy, and he's got a wife. She started threatening his pregnant wife, texting her that she would stab her. Then at ATT, she hit on some guy, and it was all caught on video. And the owners of ATT kicked her out. Everyone got together and told her to pack her shit and leave. And she starts throwing herself at them, threatening them. I don't know all the nuances, but I know there was video of her throwing herself at people and threatening them. They kicked her out. Then there were rumors that she was kicked out of another gym as well. She was throwing herself at someone again in an inadequate state. Sounds like a typical hot chick, dude. I'm going to be honest. It's a big no bueno here. I'm not touching this one, man. I'd take Mazo or I'd stay away completely. You talk, start talking about junkieism and alcoholism and all that kind of, and getting bounced out of gyms and toxic behavior and mental health thing. It's a no play for me. I can't, I can't trust you. I don't know which version of you is going to show up. I agree. I agree. I just, That's just think me. I just can't touch it. Inactivity, 
needs a win bonus. Getting kicked out of gyms probably needs that cash. Uh, that's a dog that will fight for your money if she comes in in the right mind space. Well, she's going to come out there and lay it all on the line. That's not it. It's it will be finish or be finished for mm-hmm. Agapova. She's this fight will not go three rounds. This will be an inside the distance play. Um, if you want to just play this one and sit back and go inside the distance, be my guest. Be my guest. Um, Beauty and the Beast style, because Agapova <laughs> will kill herself trying to get a finish, if let's, nothing else. Let's go under two and a half, then. I want to give myself the extra two minutes and 30 seconds. I'm just going to go inside the distance. Okay. I just want the extra 230. There's no. Re- I believe this fight ends inside the distance. There's no point in tying a hand behind my back and taking away two minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, dude, I forgot. Mazas with Kings MMA. Benny Dariush, man. You love you love Benny. I know. It's really do. Benny. Really starts my day. Tim Elliott at 18, 11, and one taking on Matias Nicolau. Is it Nicolau? Nikolai. Whatever it is. Nicolau is at a minus 190, plus 160 for Tim Elliott, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how do you feel about this? Because I feel like dog that'll fight for your money, Tim Elliott makes every fight weird. Yes. And he constantly puts himself in odd situations. If he doesn't get finished here, I think he can take this and make it a hard one for the judges. And at plus 160, plus 170, depending on which way the line moves as we get closer to fight night, we talk about dogs that will fight for your money. Tim Elliott's a guy that will put himself in position to win. It might be frustrating if he's unsuccessful in doing it, but he's going to go out there and he's going to try his best. See, you said you said weird. You said frustrating. I was waiting yeah. for you to say the, the triple threat there. I was going to go unorthodox, man. Yeah. But awkward's a good one too. Yeah. He is. He's super weird. Um, I don't want to say he's really good at any specific thing. He just puts himself, like you said, in dominant positions because of the unorthodoxness that got him there. He likes to like, like literally lay heavy on people, and that's because he's able to get himself in these weird top position things where he can run through some time, hold dominant position, and get the win. For a guy that holds a lot of top position is very good, not in ground and pound, but again, staying on top, he doesn't have a good jiu-jitsu game. Now, granted, if you go back in his record here and you see like, you know, who he's been, who has submitted him, it's the freaking the list of the list, the figgies, the freaking hey, random Roy Vals. He's, he's been fought. around a long time. Yeah, yeah he's been around. Nicolau, though, is a legit black belt. The guy's got good submissions, but the thing I, I'm not even going to freaking talk about his ground game. Cause I, I, I think he's going to be a little bit thrown off with Tim Elliott. I like his more technical boxing. This is a guy that's patient, selective, and has a lot of power in his fist. And I think Tim Elliott, if someone's dictating the pace and kind of moves around the awkwardness, he's going to get the better of the exchanges. So I like Nicolau on the ground. I like him standing up. I just can't put any, I don't know. It's too weird for me to play plus 167 on the, on Tim Elliott right now. As of right now, if I'm looking for dogs that are going to fight for my money, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to earmark this fight as a potential Tim Elliott play. What makes me nervous about this, Tim Elliott's won two in a row. The last time that Tim Elliott won three in a row was the beginning of 2016. He has not been able to put together much of a win streak since then. He is riding a two-fight streak going into this. Has not thrown three together in a long time. His most, uh, before the 2016 Win streak. The last time he threw three together was 2012. It's been a long time. Very streaky fighter. Very, very sketch on what version of him shows up. 
But if he does show up, he does make it awkward. He does make it weird. He does put himself in position to win fights. We'll see if he can get it done on Saturday night. As of right now, again, picks are subject to change come Saturday. But as of right now, I'm looking at dogs that will fight for my money. Tim Elliott's one of them. Don't forget he's, he's coached by James Krause, too, and you love James Krause. I know, I know. Glory, glory, MMA. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go with the hallelujah <laughs> there. All right. It's it's it feels weird to call this the co-main event of the evening, but here we are. Randy Brown, thirteen and four, taking on Jared Gooden at eighteen and six. I don't know how we got here, Trey. If I'm being hundred percent honest with you, because this would be if we edited the show, right? If we had any sort of editing that we did, this would would be where we go like the and we go back to the old episode where you told me that Jared Gooden was super good and he had great guillotines. No, I was talking about Jared Gordon. I knew you were going to bring that up. Jared Gordon, not Jared Gooden. No. I knew you were going to do this. I came When we had the the, show prep, show prep. No, because here's the best part about this is now that you've said that, after we're done tonight, I will go back and make an edit where you called Jared, you said Jared Gooden has great guillotines. Not Jared Gordon, Jared Gooden. I I do not agree with that. I said it. Gordon, not Gooden. I can't wait for this. Oh gosh, I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. Just go ahead and just go ahead and prepare your your damn it one now. Okay. Okay. All right. Because it was the Alan Joban fight. Because it was him versus Alan Joban. I'm telling you, this you said he was going to submit Alan Joban. What happened in that fight? He, <laughs> he lost the decision. decision. <laughs> he lost a decision. Then he lost to Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Then he mm-hmm. beat Nicholas Stolze with a with a with a with a right hand from hell. And now all of a sudden he's a co-main event. You lose two in a row. You beat Nicholas Stolze, and all of a sudden you're the co-main event. Well, dude, he did that on short notice, though. I don't care if he did it on one day. I don't care if he did it in the Walmart parking lot. I don't care if he did it in front of the president. He literally beat Nicholas Stolze, and now he's the co-main event. And you say, "Well, Dale, well, a bunch of fu- a bunch of fights fell off this card. He just fill it in because there were so many people <laughs> fell off." No, no, that's that's not that's not what happened here, because it was supposed to, the only fights that fell off were Steropoli and Pickett, and freaking Mike Trezano and Chaz Skelly, and Lupita Godinez versus Sam Sam Hughes. That's it. None of those were the co-main event. Okay, okay, but think about the marketability here for a second. This fight comes on co-main event. You're in the apex, your friends and family, you're sitting up in the Raptors, and you see the the quick breakdown of who these two fighters are. They're going to show Jared Gordon with that right cross from hell that we talked about on short notice. You're going to be like, oh, who's ready? Who was ready? Jared Gordon was ready. Come in, bam. Then they're going to talk about Randy Brown. Why is Randy Brown a big deal? Yeah, he's explosive, utilizes this striking that total ill intent as you would use your verbiage. But a one-armed and armed arm triangle against Cowboy Oliveira? You don't think they're going to show that in the marketing and be like, who's this guy? One-arming freaking arm triangle and Cowboy Oliveira. Who's this guy right cross from hell on short notice? Marketing, dude. That's how you get co-mains. Well, I understand that you can you can take finishes, right? And and you can put them into a cut reel and then have an I, you know, give us a give us a decent idea. But if you're looking for a co-main event here. Why not do Alexander Romanov versus Jared Vanderoth for for a co-main event? Because you know what people love? Jiggly you know bodies. People, huh? 
jiggly bodies. They love heavyweights. People love heavyweights. They love heavyweight violence. There's a reason why, no matter what, any sort of heavyweight title fight, whether it be boxing or MMA, pulls massive numbers because people want to see the big boys throw down. Right. They want to see it. And what I don't understand, and here here's your weekly dose of Dawkus disrespect. I don't understand why Chris Dawkus is the heavyweight, correct? Chris yes. Dawkus is getting the push that he's getting when Alexander Romanov is squandering and treading water in the early prelims. When I believe that Romanov is a better prospect than Dawkus. My opinion. Not marketable. Can't speak English. He does speak English. It's broken English, but he speaks English. Okay. Noted. I'm just saying. Dude. Okay. All right, man. All right. <laughs> All right. According to this fight, Randy Brown minus 225, Jared, Go- Jared Gooden plus 190. Who are you taking and why? Randy Brown. I mean. I'll take Randy Brown too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you, if, if you touch Jared Gooden here, you're foolish. <laughs> You're foolish yeah. with your money, and this this line deserves to be wider. Foolish, I say. Foolish. Fool. I pity the fool that bets on Jared Gordon. Gooden. All right. Main event of the evening, Mackenzie Dern at 11-1, taking on Marina Rodriguez. Hod- Rodriguez? Say it Hod-Higuez. for me. Rodriguez. Rodriguez? Rodriguez? It's just, just the Hod- first R that is an H. Yeah, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Whatever, man. 14, 1, and 2. I don't understand why Brazilians do this to me. Minus 170 for Mackenzie Darren, plus 145 for Marina. Over on our rounds is at two and a half. Who are you going with and how are they getting it done? I've gone so back and forth on this because okay. Apex Cage, I have to go with the jiu jitsu artist, right? Right. Trey, stay there. But no, I'm not. Because we looked, and you and I talked about this before. Go back and watch the Amanda Hebas fight, yeah. and that's a that's a hardcore jujitsu athlete as well. Not to the the pedigree of Mackenzie Dern, but that's a jujitsu threat. And what did she do? Right off the rip, just picked her apart on the feet. There is a massive, and this is a massive discrepancy between this grappling striking matchup. Mackenzie Dern, while her striking has improved under Jason Perilla at Ruka with the Cheeto Bears and Luke Rockhold, she's getting good looks, whatever. Her hands in no way, shape, or form are even a fraction. If we were to put this on like a jiu-jitsu belt scenario, she's maybe a blue blue belt with like one stripe versus a black belt in striking. This hmm. is what we're talking about here. So I'm nervous that Mackenzie Dern, who doesn't really, for being this amazing jiu-jitsu artist, she doesn't have the wrestling. So she has to get it down to the ground. If she doesn't have good wrestling to get it down to the ground, how is she going to get it down to the ground? She's going to hope that one of her throwing the kitchen sink overhand rights, looping lefts, is going to clip Marina and get her down to the ground, and then she can work. I think Marina is going to be smart. I think she's going to be tactical. She's going to move around this small cage. I think she's going to end up picking it apart. And at plus 147, what has Mackenzie Dern shown me to value outside of a submission singular focus at minus 172 that I should lay my money on her. What yeah, I, listen, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think that what Mackenzie tries to do, I think she's going to come out and use the, she's going to paw the jab and look for the overhand. But after two or three times of throwing that, um, just tuned in and Dale already looks like it's parlay. What are you, what are you talking about? My parlay is, 
<laughs> don't get me. Don't t- don't take me off my game here. I I've been You're just not happy. That's the huh? thing. You're just not a happy guy. What are you talking about? I'm on. What did I post on Instagram today? You did that. I didn't do that. No, I know, but it was like so easy to do. I posted me being uh, the Wolf of Wall Street guy dancing on the shit right. ball, shit faced, unhappy, and then your emo blues guy, dude. I. But again, I didn't. Just smile for the camera. <laughs> just I don't once. understand where this came from. This idea that I'm not, I'm not pleased with it. All right, look. MMA math checks out that Rodriguez should win this fight. Mackenzie Dern's going to paw with the jab to lead in with the overhand. After missing the first two or three overhands, she's going to use the overhand as more of a push technique to try to get Rodriguez up against the cage. And then once she gets there, she's going to try to drag her down. If she can drag her down, I do see something like a rear naked choke being a very viable option. Um, Now, Mackenzie Dern's got to do it early because the more she gets hit, the less she's going to want to engage in those type of scrambles. If I'm Jason Perillo, I'm telling her we are not throwing hands with with Marina. We are going to try to close the distance, get her to the cage, drag her down, and choke her out quick, fast, and in a hurry. That's what we need to do. Um, if you're Marina Rodriguez, you're looking at her and you're going, okay, um, I just beat Michelle Waterson, but that was just glorified shadow boxing, right, for right. 25 minutes. She beat Hebus the same way, though, but not by shadow boxing, but by – punishing her when she went for the takedown and then continuing to lay it on her. What she cannot do is have what happened with Carla Sparza. And you love you some Carla where Carla came in and was able to control her positionally. Now Yay. Carla's got better wrestling than Mackenzie Dern does, but so much of Carla's success came from being able to maintain positional dominance. Carla wasn't trying to advance position. She was just making it so that Marina could not do anything else. Marina's got to be active if Mackenzie Dern takes her down, but she's got to be smart defensively to avoid the submission here. This is all very rudimentary things here, but when we talk about high-level women's, any athletics, what do women do better than any man out there in any sport? They do the fundamentals. So it, it, it would here's a word for you here. It would behoove you to familiarize yourself with the basic fundamentals of these positions because it's going to be the execution of the fundamentals that secures the victory for either woman. That being said, as of right now, I want Rodriguez. I want her plus money, but that may change come fight night once I see whether or not this line starts moving for or against me. Behooves, when you use that word, it sounds like a horseshoe. I know I used it with confidence last week. Mm-hmm. Going to be honest, still have no idea what it means. It just like it, it's more like along the lines of like saying it would benefit you greatly, but in like a negative sense. No, it would like it like if you knew what was good for you. Hmm. hmm. It reminds me of like the word infamous because you'd say like, "Oh, Dale is infamous in the MMA world," but infamous is more of like a negative connotation infamous would be like oh he murdered everyone in the mma world like that's not why really. he's famous not really hmm. eh, you could go the other way hmm. okay we'll ask we'll ask romanov because he's apparently really good with the english language i said he's he's <laughs> i didn't say did i say he was fluent what i say proficient <laughs> yeah. proficient trilingual bilingual i'm sure he is man. who gives a shit <laughs> uh, you know, well listen he's um, if he's from georgia you know that's a country right is he from georgia too i don't believe he is <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i don't believe he no he's from some other some other caucus mountain area all right let's get into the let's get in through these prelims and get him knocked out 
Uh, Charlie Ontiveros taking on Steve Garcia. Garcia at 11-4, Ontiveros at 11-7. and seven. Do we need to refresh memories on who Ontiveros is? No, dude's a Plus vet. Plus 250, okay. Huh? He's a vet. He's not a vet, man. He's going to get murdered. This is this is unfair what? matchmaking at its best. Don't tell me for one second you think Ontiveros is going to has a has a snowball's chance in hell at winning this fight. I think he has a chance. Okay, tell me how. Well, you're basing this off his last fight against Kevin Holland, where to be honest, that was on short notice, and he got slammed on his neck, and essentially had to. That was short notice because Muradov fell out, and then he gets okay. slammed on his neck and says, oh, "I'm not going to fight." Right. But dude, look who he's fought. He's fought. Michael Venom Page. He's fought Joff Neal. He's fought the who's who. The quality of competition is fully on Charlie's side over Steve Garcia's. Did so, you call him Geoff Neal? No, I said Joff. <sighs> Just Jeff, man. Did I did I fuck that up again? Yeah, it's Jeff. Dude, it's because I have a friend that I surf with, and he spells it the same way, and I always call him Joff because that's his name. Jeff oh, is J E F F, not G E O F F. Yeah, it's just it's still Jeff. And just like just like Damn. Andrea Lee is Andrea, not Andrea. I know you guys do it differently in California, but not uh, everybody's got names like that. Some people, even when it's spelled ridiculously, it's still just pronounced the, the same old, same old, same old, the, the old standard. All right. Well, you're going to tell me that that quality of competition, yes, is 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 not worth a little bit of sprinkle at a plus 251 versus a guy that has not fought since February 2020 in a unanimous loss to Luis Pena, who just freaking blew up. Um, he lost his con. You know what? You know what? I'll, I'll stop here. I'll feel more confident on taking Steve Garcia if the dude makes weight. He struggles to make weight. I want to see him at weigh-ins. He is a thick boy, but both these guys don't grapple. They both stand up. It's a stand-up affair, and I think if Steve Garcia comes in and looks super drawn out, I'm fully throwing some cash on Charlie. I think Steve Garcia has this massive weight issue, and I think that Char- Charlie's got a good fight IQ to actually maybe squeak this thing out. And there's this juicy little line for you, absolutely. We have a we we're we're at an impasse here, right? Because I don't necessarily disagree with some of the things you're saying, but the the real decision maker for both of these gentlemen is that neither one of them have wins against people that have fared well in upper level promotions. So if you look at Steve Garcia, his losses, Ricky Tercios, Joe Warren and a long Cruz and Luis Pena, right? So obviously Bellator and UFC level talent. Okay. And then if I'm looking at Charlie Ontiveros, he's got a lot more losses, but his losses, Kevin Holland's one of them, Michael Venom page, like you said, Jeff Neal, all of those guys are upper-level upper talent as well. And he's got four other ones on the regional scene. Both of these guys are regional fighters. I don't think that either one of them deserve the roster spot. Ontiveros is on this because when he took that fight at short notice, they gave him a two-fight deal. And because he got dropped on his neck, he's been out for a while. They're, this is the second fight on that two-fight deal. And if he doesn't win here, we won't see him in the cage again. Steve Garcia, this is the same situation. If he doesn't win here, both of these guys are fighting for their job. This will probably be the last time we see either one of them um, or see the loser inside the octagon. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt it goes the other way. If you want to bet on Tavares, be my guest. I'm not touching <laughs> Steve Garcia at minus 300, but I'm not trusting Charlie Ontiveros to show up and fight for my money at plus 250 either, considering he's 11 and 7, damn near 500 
as a professional. Calls himself the American bad boy and oh. got beat his last fight by being dropped on his neck. I'm not touching him. I'm going to take Garcia by KO. Go for it, man. Do it. Do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I wish you would. Shia LaBeouf, do it, dude. I'm going to do it. Don't. Don't you bring my boy Shy in this. Charles Rosa at 14 and 5, taking on Damon Jackson at 18, 4, and 1. Now, we get these fights, right? So the JSP, um, the JSP Omar Morales fight from last week, two weeks ago, whenever that was. Yeah. Two weeks was ago. Was the was the most mentioned fight that that we got messages about mm-hmm. was that JSP uh Omar Morales fight. Right. People were incredibly interested in that fight. Yeah. Um, this is that that version of this fight. Right. People are all over Damon Jackson here yeah. um, to get the win over Charles Rosa. And I'm I need you to state the case of the people because I don't see it. Producer Jake, do we have odds for this fight? Producer Jake smoking darts. Yeah. There it, is, start, Damon like, ja- there it is, Damon. There it is. There you got it. Damon Jackson, Charles Rosa. Damon Jackson at a minus one eighty. Charles Rosa at a plus one fifty five. Trey, state the case for the people because you're on Damon Jackson here as well. I mean, everyone's on Damon Jackson. We talked about this because, and you disagree with me, but whatever. Um, I think he is an explosive fighter. That's the he is- worst word to name for to use for him. Go ahead. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'll start with Charles Rosa for a second. What I what Charles Rosa is, Rosa is good at is standing, selecting his shots, and moving around. What he's not good at is takedown defense, and his ground game super iffy. Explain to me what happened with Damon Jackson versus Mirsad Bektik. Tell me what happened there. He choked him out. Mm, got a performance in the night bonus. Guillotine. Mm-hmm. Mm. How did he you get said in that's there? not a real choke? Go ahead. He exploded forward. Clip them, grabs the neck, cinches it in, explode all over your face, dude. I'm telling you, Jackson gets this done. I'm thinking in the submission zone area because Charles Rosa is not good on the ground. Yes, Charles Rosa is a vet. I think he's going to be more selective with the shots, but it doesn't matter when you have this guy that's just going to explode forward. I don't think that I don't think explode is the right adjective here. One, his nickname is the leech. Have you ever seen a leech explode before? No. How do you leech? How do you leech? You have to explode forward. Have you ever had a leech on you before? No, because there's that's not a real thing anymore. What do you mean that's it's not like, a real thing? That's like the plague, dude. Those those lotus things aren't around anymore. Lotus? Lotuses are flowers. What's the ones that's part of the plague with the 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 insects that fly? Locusts? Locust, yeah, dude. Those are around still too. No, they're not. Yes, Where? they are. The last time I saw that was in a Brendan Fraser movie called The Mummy, and I'm pretty sure it was fake, dude. Locusts are real. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> yes. You Locust. show me where what's do what country? Not, <laughs> they not have them in the, the United, United States. States. They do. Dude, locusts are in the <laughs> whatever. You're so dude. Fuck you. There's no way. <laughs> Producer Jake, could you please tell me the last time that there was a uh, a locust? It was in a tomb or something. No, that no. Was like what is it? What do they call that? It's not an infestation, but it's a uh, it's not a plague either. But they call it like a swarm, a swarm of locusts. There we go. Um, okay. Because they only show up every so many years. 
Anyway, so we do have locusts <laughs> in the United States. So yeah. I'm glad we're learning that. But he's a leech. And are you familiar with what leeches are? Yeah, they, they're the, the squiggly things that suck your blood. Right. And, and they attach themselves to you because right. they can swim. That's about it. Right. Um, so they're not explosive. And it, you wouldn't call a fish explosive. They are literally like glorified anthropods that, that attach themselves to you and suck your blood. That's not explosive. And the reason why he's called the leech is because once he's on you, he's hard to get off, much like a leech. That's not explosive. And you saying, take Damon Jackson by submission, 14 of his 18 wins, Trey, have been by submission. That's not a shot in the dark. Mm. Mm. So if you take Damon Jackson, take him. <laughs> Just take him. Don't say, don't call the man explosive. He's not explosive. He is explosive. But here's the thing. I'm a little bit worried. What's Charles Rose's nickname? Boston Strong, which yeah. I I think is an awful nickname. Well, that's that's super not fucking cool. You can't say what that. You, you can't say that. Why why can't I say that? Because that's like a term of endearment for something horrible that happened. And that's that's again, that's um that's why I think it's a bad nickname, because you are hitching yourself to something completely different than what you do. Well, no, because he's from yes. there. Okay, super. Okay, well, Boston's up 4-1 right now. That's fine. The but Yankees I'm saying the wild card game, so I'm a little bit worried that there's – I'm a stitious, a little stitious guy. You're a little right stitious now. here. He calls yeah. himself Boston Strong because he's trying to put himself he's, – he's subliminally or consciously or subconsciously trying to get you to associate him with the idea of rallying the city behind the Boston bombing and everything that happened after that. That's great. I don't understand why you would want that as your nickname. It doesn't do that, and you that's literally like selling – that's like selling merchandise to – to a, tra- a, a tragedy that's awful no it's 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 saying i'm bigger than myself i wear the city on my shoulders okay so th- when poirier fights f- for the belt against Oliver, if he comes out and he goes he's dustin katrina strong <laughs> poirier you think that's going to be you think that's in good taste that's different no katrina it's not wasn't as, it, it wasn't as gnarly Katrina wasn't as gnarly as the Boston bombing. Oh God, dude. Now we're getting into some sticky, sticky mud. <laughs> I'm just saying, literally, although I will say one was a terrorist attack. The other one was a natural disaster. So I don't know. I mean, what, what other terrorist attack do you want to go with? If anybody could attach one to themselves, it's not a good nickname. Pick something no, but, better. No, but okay. Let me, let me back up for a second. Katrina and Boston. The Boston Strong moniker was in it more in association and more marketed towards sports teams. The Red Sox dealt with it. The Bruins had it all over their thing. The Katrina didn't market towards sports. Not that it was they were trying to market it, but it wasn't absorbed by sports. So sport, MMA, holy crap, no. I'm sweating. I no. hate this conversation. No. I'm just, Fuck. I'm just saying, dude. It's just not a good nickname. It's not a good nickname. I, in my opinion, it's in poor taste. He's trying to attach himself to a to a feeling that resonated long ago. And then you go out there and you get beat. If you go out and you go, oh, my name's Boston Strong, and then you go out <laughs> and you get beat, what's that say about the indomitable spirit of the people of Boston whenever they were dealing with such a crisis? You just got beat. 
It's not a good look, man. Pick something else. Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. Damon Jackson. Yeah. You think Damon Jackson's going to win by submission? I, I, I think <laughs> I might disagree. I'm not entirely sure. Um, You're not taking Rosa though. I'm not. I'm. I probably won't take Rosa. I don't know. I, I'm honestly more excited about the next fight. Alexander Romanov taking on Jared Vanderaw. Romanov at fourteen and zero. Vanderaw at twelve and five. My boy Alexander Romanov, aka King Kong. Taking on another guy with a great nickname, Jared the Mountain Vanderaw. If you're going to nickname, you better nickname right, and it doesn't get any better than King Kong in the mountain. Right. Come on now. Who are we taking here and why? Who? Why are we taking Alexander Romanov at a minus 650? <laughs> and why against Jared Vanderaw? Plus 425. I know that's, that's prohibitively lined to the point where you cannot play it, and it's honestly – Given heavyweights, you might not even want to throw it in a parlay. Maybe you do. I don't know. DraftKings lineup for sure. Uh, spend the nine hundred or nine thousand three hundred dollars and get Romanov on your roster because he's going to win for you. Uh, over and around is at one and a half. You want to take under one and a half and just watch some heavyweights throw down, bro? Yeah, get some some good jiggly. Um, is always fun on a Saturday night. Yeah, uh, I mean, Vanderra, I mean, go look look at his last win over Justin Taffa. It wasn't anything spectacular. It went to a decision, which you usually don't see with heavyweights. Before that, got absolutely obliterated by Sergio Spivak. And before that, he got on or into the UFC versus contender series size versus Harry Hunsucker. Hunsucker, whatever his freaking name is. Hunsucker's a good fighter, man. I don't know anything about Hunsucker. I'm just... <laughs> I just know he's not that good. I do know that Romanov is legit, dude. Juan Espino could beat the shit out of like three three of those four people. I just less Sergey Spivak, Juan Espino could beat the crap out of Justin Toppa, Henry Hunsuckle, all these other people. I think Rodrigo de Lima, all the wins that Rod, uh that Rodrigo Romanov, oh my god, Romanov has had has better quality of competition, and he's done it in a more devastating fashion. And a lot of it actually has come via submission, dude. I know I've been on submissions a lot tonight, but the Rodrigo de Lima was a, it was a forearm choke. The Martinez fight before that was a triangle choke. Do you think that we could play Romanov by sub to bring that down, Dale? Go for it. You do what you want, man. Okay. He's so big and so strong. If he gets a hold of you, he, he can kind of just, if there's a dude that could submit somebody from neon belly, Alexander Romanov's the guy to do it. Yeah. Oh, He's that big and that strong. Yeah. That's no fun. He really is, man. He's that big and that strong. I'm taking Alexander Romanov any way I can get him. I'll take him. I'll take him under one and a half, and I'll take him by sub, too. Go for it. All right. Last fight of the night, Chris Gutierrez at 16, 3, and 2. Philippe Kolaris at 10, and 2. Featured prelim, Kolaris at the plus 215 spot against Gutierrez at a minus 255. Gutierrez, leg kicks for the win? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I just... If he shows up to fight, why not? But he's got to show up to fight. I need him to show up because he's yeah. hit and miss. He's he's kind of a mental mess. He's hit and miss, but he's he's a decision fighter. Kolaris, dude, he's he's a young buck, man. The dude was what was he? Nineteen? I read he was like nineteen ninety four or nineteen ninety five. Man, let's just see. Hold on one second. Nineteen ninety four. This kid's right. a baby dude you know what happened in 1994 oh that was the year before braveheart came out really yeah oh wow nancy kerrigan got a, a pipe to the shin that was in 94 that was in 94 okay okay 
Um, I don't know how any of this is relevant. Would it be in poor taste to say Nate? Never mind. Never mind. What? I was going to say in poor taste, and then before it came down, before it came out of my mouth, I knew it was in. I knew it was in poor taste, so I caught myself there. Well, no. What's in poor taste is doing. I hate. I hate that. I hate when my wife does that. Like, oh, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'm sorry. Well, I'll, all right. What I was going to say was, you said she took a pipe to the knee, right? Uh huh. <laughs> so I don't even say. You already know. You already know where I'm going with this. So I just, I, I just, you know, that's it's in poor taste. Anyway, Chris ah. Gutierrez leg kicks. Um, it's essentially it's essentially his path to victory. Each and every time he's out, he just beats you up from distance. Uh, he he's so creative with his feet, so creative with his legs. Uh, if Kolaris wants to win this, he's got to time that correctly and close that distance in a hurry, a la. Loyota Machida style and punish Gutierrez because he carries his hands low while he's executing all of his kicking techniques. If he can close the distance, he can touch Gutierrez. He can get him out of there. He hits hard enough to do so. Uh, it's just, he's got to survive the storm to make that happen. And that's where the sketch comes into play. Over two and a half. Over two and a half. Okay. Interesting. Are decision fighters, man. Hmm. All right. I'm on board with it. All right. Uh, as always, Picks that we discuss on the show are not necessarily indicative of the picks that show up on Saturday night. If you want our picks for Saturday, be sure to follow us on all social media channels. Uh, we will release them there usually two to three hours before the first punch is thrown on fight night. We'll post all of our plays up. Um, if you don't already do so, please like, subscribe, and share. The best way to support the show is by supporting the show sponsors. Trey, do you have any parting shots for the people before we go? Um, nope, just a solid bang bang. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.